everyone. Welcome to There's a System to This Madness podcast. I am your host, Osaze Shabazz. Each week, I talk about the difficult situations we face by peeling back the layers of politics, education, and culture. Today is December 6, 2021. Pretty much since the last recording, a number of events have taken place, things that may be old news. However, I feel that I want to kind of give new views or my views on some of the things that took place and what I believe will be other outcomes for some of these events. First and foremost, there was a verdict in regards to Kyle Rittinghouse. Pretty much this was the, at the time, 17-year-old individual from Illinois who crossed state lines, supposedly was given a AR weapon to attend a protest in Wisconsin from there was attacked by at least three protesters according to you know and I'm I'm just going by what was stated by his defense his story you know other accountabilities supposedly he was attacked by three protesters in which Rittinghouse uh shot and killed two of them and wounded a third one. There were statements that indicated that he was attacked. You know, there was one incident that said he was hit across the head with a skateboard. Another indicated that one of the individuals, I believe the one that he shot, but survived, supposedly, that individual had a weapon on them as well. There was also, you know, whether or not the person had previous charges. I'm not going to get into that because that really doesn't justify shooting anybody because they have previous charges unless they were making a citizen's arrest like they have here in Georgia. But however, um, I'm going to get to that as well. But um, I think what got people upset about this situation was that he was able to, I guess in their opinion, he got away with murder. And from my point of view, it was up to the prosecutors to prove that Rittenhouse went there with the AR weapon, crossed state lines with an AR weapon, and then went on a hunt for protesters, which the protesters was um, protesting the shooting of, I think, um, Jacob. I, I Gosh, I can't remember the guy's name. Forgive me. Um, either way, when they um, shot the young man and left him paralyzed and there was a protest on this matter, the prosecutors had to produce substantial evidence to indicate that Kyle Rittenhouse 
intentions was to get a weapon, cross state lines to intentionally shoot individuals that were protesting. There are a number of different stories, different allegations that came out of this. I think that the prosecutors, they, they, I think they stacked the deck against themselves. And I think the one, I guess, charge that they could have used was the weapon possession charge. And even that was dispelled by the defense team. Okay, first of all, what people fail to realize, there's so many information that came out. And I don't think it came out during the trial. I think it's just that it was information that people just chose to overlook, which this was pertinent information. If you look at a lot of this stuff that was just there presented before you, there was no way that you was going to get a conviction. This was pretty much classic self-defense. And I know for the individuals, the families of those individuals, they're not going to see it that way. However, whether or not what actually happened took place, however, based on evidence, video footage, testimony, this is what was able to be proven. You know, first of all, let's, let's, let's talk about some of the facts. One of the key facts that people fail to realize is, number one, his father lives in Kenosha. Wisconsin. This is where the protest took place. So the story of his mother taking him to Kenosha to participate in the protest, that was kind of dispelled because basically the mother was taking him or again, this is the story that was given to the jury. This was the story that was presented in courthouse. And again, a lot of people didn't realize this, but his father lives in Kenosha. So basically, this is just a situation where a mother is taking her son to visit his father. I mean, you can't you can't question that. I mean, this it is what it is. You know, mom, baby mama taking child to go visit baby daddy. You know, it was his, it was his weekend to keep him. I mean, that's, that still happens. Then there was the, the idea that he had this weapon in his mother's car and they was trying to get him on the charges of transporting a weapon across state line. Again, I don't know if the story was true or not. I don't know if the story was circumvented, but the story now was that the weapon 
that he had, it was given to him by a friend of the family. And I guess with Wisconsin law, an individual can handle a weapon, a rifle, if they are in the presence of an adult. And in some states, hell, an adult is 17. Would it come with a, a rifle? Because for some reason, you can have a rifle in some states at 18. In some states, it might be even 17. But it's ironic that you cannot have a handgun till you're 21. You know, I mean, I know there's a difference between a handgun and a rifle, but I never understood the discrepancy between the ages. I, don't, I just don't understand that. Why not make a weapon at the age of 21, period? But for some reason, and you know, of course, they, you know, they're going to go back to, well, back in the 1400s when a father needed his sons to hunt deer and elk and all that dumb shit, the child had to have access to a weapon, you know, all this, you know, that whole right to bear arms bullshit they try to talk, you know, when doing the Revolutionary War and all this type of stuff. But either way, this was, this was the idea. So mom takes him across state line to go visit dad. Dad, I guess, has friends or Kyle has friends that have businesses that Kyle just happened. So, hey, I'll come along with y'all and help protect y'all businesses. And one of those individuals, one of the friends, gave him a weapon. So, again, that whole notion, that whole concept of transferring a weapon across the state line, that was that was thrown out. And that really that really was the only thing that the prosecutors had that they really could have gone for. Because, okay, now let's move you know forward with the shooting aspect. Video shows that Kyle was attacked. You know, it, it shows plain as day. Yeah, I guess when they saw that this, this kid had this weapon and they felt that this kid did not have the right to be there, which, yes, I can question why parents would let their kid be in a circumstance like that. But again, that's not what this case was about. This case was about killing two individuals who happened to be protesting and an individual having the right to defend himself. Now, it was believed that the individuals attacked Kyle. So, which, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, I don't care if a baby has a gun. If I see that that gun, that baby can point that gun at me, I'm going to leave the baby alone. If you got a gun and I see that you have the ability to pull that trigger, I'm leaving you alone. Now, why these individuals felt that they could just walk up to him and fuck with him with an AR 
And you got to realize when people buy these weapons, there's something inside of them that's just itching, that's just begging for the opportunity to use it. They want to use this. They want to use this stuff. It's like when these police departments have tanks and all types of shit. They don't want to just have that shit sitting in the garage somewhere. They want to use it. In fact, they got to use it because that's part of the contract. That's part of the deal that the um, military makes with them because they get that shit from the military. And they have to show that they have a purpose of having these items. And the main purpose is whenever some shit break out, it could be a cat stuck in a tree. They're going to call a tank out. And they're going to blow the damn tree up. You know, it's, it's funny. They had a situation just recently in Clayton County, Georgia, where it was a domestic violence situation, but they called a SWAT team out. And I'm thinking, why would you call SWAT for domestic violence? It was one person, and, and, and yes, the, the individual had shot and killed two women, had shot another individual, shot a, a boy, 12-year-old boy, in the face. And I, I get that, but why did you have to have SWAT to come out? I just I don't I don't get that. They determined that it was one individual, but you call out a SWAT team with full tactic gear for this incident. But this this is what we've come to in this country. So here's Kyle protecting this business. Uh, I think it was a used car lot. And I guess those individuals approached him. And before you know it, he shoots three people killing them. I mean, I, yeah, yeah, you know, all the stuff, you know, the parents let him do it or the parents encouraged him. The father, I guess when the mother took him to the father, the father let him go outside and hang with the friends that were part of the protest. And, you know, again, unethical as it is, it's not against the law. It's, it's not against the law. Just like when they were trying to say one of the individuals that was shot, supposedly he was charged with, you know, in the past, child molestation. But again, you know, this is not justified for him being shot. But of course, this has been this has been brought up. The whole idea, you know, people saying, well, the judge was biased and it's not it's 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 not about the judge being biased. It's about the prosecutors. They simply did not have enough evidence for a conviction. And when they tried to bring stuff in that was not supposed to be brought in, this irritated the judge. I mean, it's, I, it was, you know, I saw, you know, footage where the judge just got hot because evidently they brought in some type of um, evidence or st something that that was irrelevant or that should not have been brought in. And I mean, you know, that right there, the 
the prosecutors, they, they, they pushed the judge up. So right then and there, they made it. The judge, it was already saying that the judge was already partial. And it's obvious because the judge is looking at all the evidence that is up against this kid. And I say kid because he's a kid. Yeah, he did a grown man act and he should be treated like a grown man. But he's a kid. But the thing is, when they did that, they lost the case. When they did that, they got desperate. And it pretty much when you lost the judge, the, ju the jury witnessed some of this. It, it, they had no choice but to let this guy go. And, you know, it's sad because I think that it could have been another route that this could have been taken. But, I mean, you let this kid go. And, of course, some of this stuff, it could take precedence in two different directions. Now, speaking for myself, and, you know, like I said, it sounds like when you try to say the facts are this, the facts are that. So it sounds like you might say, well, I sound like I'm defending this guy. No, by no means am I defending this guy. I do believe in self-defense. I believe that, you know, if you are attacked, you have the right to defend yourself. Now, I'm a firm believer. I don't go looking for trouble. But, you know, when Kyle, when they put Kyle Rittenhouse on the stand and he says, I have the right to defend myself because the evidence shows that he was being attacked. He was actually hit with a skateboard by a protester. And another one of the protesters had a gun and they pointed the gun at him. I don't know what happened. I don't know how they point the gun at him and Kyle Rittenhouse or Rittenhour or whatever was not gunned down himself. It's not saying that's what I wanted, but it just, it, it sounds like a lot of untrained individuals had guns. And this is what happens when you got a lot of wannabe soldiers out on the street walking around with guns and half of them probably never even pulled the trigger, probably never even went to a range to shoot their guns. So they don't even know what it feels like to pull a trigger. They don't know what the feel of a recoil is. So ironically, Kyle Rittenhouse or Rittenberg or whatever his name is, he was acquitted. He's acquitted. And two individuals, they're in the grave the family is upset because they felt that their loved one did not get justice. But like I said, you know, make myself perfectly clear. This does not make this kid a hero just because he was acquitted. He is not some sort of hero. Now, of course, you're going to see right wing media. They're going to sit there and tout him. I, I even posted what is the future for this kid. And I mean... Let's be real. The, the defense team, his legal team, his mother and father could not afford that. So we already see that they already got, you know, they're getting donations out the yin yang on his behalf. I'm, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure by the time this, the dust clear, 
that that defense team is going to get some money. But, I mean, let's be real. This kid probably will be on. They're going to let it die down because, I mean, they, they monsters, but they ain't, they ain't that fucked up. They're going to let some stuff die down. But on the low low, yeah, he's being touted. He's being praised. He's being celebrated. And he's receiving resources. His family is being taken care of. He's getting propped up. He's getting made up so that he could, you know, eventually, I'm, I say, what's this, December? Give it February. He's going to come back out. Now, my thing is this. I predict within a year, something negative is going to be centered around this kid's name. I believe the pressure of what he did, I don't think mentally he can handle it. I think the more accolades that he received, the more pressure it's going to put on him. And I believe that this is going to haunt him. If, if he has a soul, now if he's a cold-hearted bastard at 18 years old, then of course, you know, yeah, life is going to be good for him. But I just believe, I believe his parents, um, other family members, whoever, anybody that's connected to him, they're going to, they're going to have a living hell. Yeah, they're going to have a little bit of wealth. They're not going to be like rich, but resources are going to be given to him. He's almost going to be like Zimmerman. He's going to try to capitalize on what he did, but it's just, it's just not going to pan out. It's just, it's just, it is just, it's not going to pan out. You know, and I'm, I'm speaking as a clinician. I'm speaking as a behavior specialist. I just think mentally he's going to crack. And that's why I say within a year, something negative. And I hate wishing that on another human being, but, and I believe he needs to get help. Now, if they start saying he's seeing a psychiatrist or he's getting therapy, something like that, then I'm like, okay, he got a chance. But I believe overall, that's the last thing they're thinking about. They're going to put, he's, when we get to the midterms, he's going to like, like, maybe like August, September, you watch. That kid's going to be on somebody's stage. And that's when, the wall's gonna come tumbling down on him. Enough about that. Okay, the next thing, we had the conviction in the Ahmaud Arbery. Um, I won't say I was surprised, but at the same time, I was surprised that all three individuals were convicted of numerous charges. Even the... um third participant, the friend that, you know, the, the cameraman, I, I really thought he would have been acquitted. I really did. But when they convicted him of murder, yes, he, he got the lesser of all the sentences. Cause I think Travis McMichael, the son, he got all the charges. Then the father got, you know, next to the most, and then the family friend. I can't, I cannot remember his name, and I really don't give a fuck about his name. But the thing is, 
he got lesser charges. But um, this was a well-strategized case. But at the same time, I cannot help but to think that none of this would have happened without that videotape. Okay, again, let's tell the story. People fail to remember, if you remember, because there was a district attorney who originally did not arrest the family. People fail to re remember that, I think it was two months, that the McMichael family members were not arrested because the district attorney kept saying there was no evidence or that, you know, they couldn't prove it. However, all the time they realized there was a videotape. The father went to some type of TV or radio show and told them, yes, there was a videotape. The family attorney, the first attorney that they were originally given, gave them the belief that they needed to release that videotape so that people can see exactly what happened. Now, of course, the first tape that they released, it wasn't the full version of what happened. It just kind of, it made it look like the son was being attacked by Aubrey. But once the GBI got a hold of the whole tape, and you could see from start to finish, you could see that without a doubt that they not only tracked Ahmaud Arbery down, they went after him with a weapon. And then from there, Ahmaud Arbery, not realizing that they probably was just fucking with him, because that's what I believe, Originally, what their plan was, all this citizen arrest bullshit that they were trying to implement, that was just something that the lawyers came up with to try to get their clients off. But I believe that they saw Ahmaud Aubrey, who jogs through that neighborhood every day. He stops into that construction site every day, along with other individuals. And they were like, you know what? We're going to teach this nigga a lesson. So they were waiting for him. They were prepared for him. When he comes by today, probably like clockwork, same hour every day. Soon as he comes by there, they jumped in their vehicles, one with the video or camera phone and the other ones in the truck brandishing a shotgun like some shit from Mississippi burning. And they chased him down. The only difference is that their, their, their plan was we're going to fuck with him, scare him, hoping, you know, you know, we're going to make this nigga piss on himself and we're going to show it to our good old boys at one of our little meetings or some shit. Look at look at what we did. Look at what we made this nigga do. But see, what happens is when you corner any type of individuals and they are desperate and they don't feel they got nothing to lose. They're going to attack. And Ahmaud Arbery, he attacked them. And when he attacked that son, that motherfucker, he pissed on himself. 
and he thought his life was over. Because when that brother went after that gun and he was losing control, he had he was desperate and he had to point that gun at him and shoot him. And that's how Ahmaud Arbery died. But see, the thing is, if it was not for that tape being released by the McMichael father, the, the McMichael, the father, Father McMichael, I, again, I don't know his name either. If that tape was not released, you would not have had this trial. This trial would not have gone the way it went. And that's that that you're, you're happy that the, the case turned out the way it did. But when you think that the McMichael family released that tape because they thought it would help them. And it backfired against them. If they never released that tape, you would have never gotten this conviction. And Ahmaud Arbery would have been just another dead black man. And then, of course, you know, let's talk about the main theory that the defense was using for the McMichael family. They utilized this law called citizen's arrest law. This is a law that's in Georgia, pretty much which is also known as the slave catchers law. Roughly in 1863, after the Emancipation Proclamation was signed, people failed to realize the Civil War had already started. Lincoln signs the Emancipation, Emancipation Proclamation. When this law was signed, black people started running away. Because really the law stated that they were free. It's just that white slave owners did not pay attention to this law. They didn't recognize it. Black people were like, fuck that. We paying attention to it. They started running. What happened was Georgia had this law where if a person ran away, you had the right to approach them and arrest them and return them back to their to their owners. You know, there's also the, the misconception, or you'll hear people say Georgia, Georgia didn't have slaves, which is bullshit, or Georgia was considered to be the buffer colony. Where this come from is that South Carolina, excuse me, South Carolina was a slave state. Florida not only was a free state, but it was also Span, uh, Spanish territory. So it was, you know, it was a no brainer that if you had slaves in Georgia, it, it wouldn't be it wouldn't have been lucrative. Especially like South Georgia. So pretty much all you had to do is just make your way to, um, to Florida and boom, you're free. So that is why Georgia was considered to be a buffer state. It was so that South Carolina slaves who were trying to run to Florida had to run through the vast area of Georgia. But make no mistake, 
Georgia was a slave state because most of the slaves that ran from South Carolina that was captured through this slave catcher law or AKA citizens arrest law, if they were detained or captured, you think they took them back to South Carolina? Really? You think that? Come on now. Don't believe that bullshit. But this law allowed for white people to walk up to black people at any time and arrest them. After the Civil War, after blacks were emancipated, and I have to reiterate, black people were not freed. Black people were emancipated. Well, that's a whole nother subject for another day. But from that law, 1863 to 2001, this is the same law in other states that was responsible for the massacre in Rosewood, Florida, Tulsa, Oklahoma. This was the law that allowed for white people to go in the homes of black people and pull them out. They could go to the jail. You could be riding in your car and they will come in. They just pull you out of your car. They'll come into your house. They'll rape your women. They did anything that they felt was based on trumped up charges to justify killing and murdering black folks. In the state of Georgia, this law stood up until 2021, earlier this year. This law was still on the books. It has since been repealed. However, make no mistake, this law was still on the books in 2021. And that is what the McMichael family felt they was justified in trying to obtain Ahmaud Aubrey. However, there are variations to the law. In today's version of that law, it indicate that a citizen can apprehend another citizen if they are committing a felony. And that citizen has to be made aware of why the other individual is trying to apprehend them. And based on the now video that we seen, none of this shit took place. This is the shit that the sins of white folks, so when they sit there and say things like, I didn't own slaves, I didn't do these things, they do not understand. They still have benefited from this shit. Those lawmakers that know that this law was on the books until 2021 did nothing. So all that blood is still on their hands. The death of Ahmaud Aubrey is on the citizens, the governors, the state legislators of Georgia that could have been taking this off. And now, don't get me wrong, the McMichael family, they still was going to do what they intended to do. 
is that I don't even think they even knew that this law existed. It was something that the attorneys, they high price attorneys, again, uh, was getting contribution from other people to pay for these attorneys because both of the like Michaels and the friend don't look like they got two nickels to rub. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. They could have a stash of cash under their mattresses. But based on those attorneys, they I think they were way past their pay grade. And even at the end, they still the the and I think it was a father and daughter attorney group, you know, I think they knew they were getting their ass kicked. So they started, you know, using different foul ass tactics by trying to say Ahmaud Aubrey was dirty and, you know, physically dirty. And, you know, that made him evil. They talked about some charges that he had several years ago and all this dumb shit. But, you know, that's that's a desperation tactic. Okay, now let's move forward to the school shooting that just took place in Michigan. Because what I want to address with that, throughout the history of these United States, there have been a gazillion school shootings. But never, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think there's ever been an incident where the parents were arrested. And I know there have been situations where the children that did the shooting got their guns from their parents. But for some reason, in this situation, these parents of the Michigan shooter were now being held accountable. Now, in my opinion, I believe that the written hour, the Kyle written hour or written house with Kyle case has set a new precedence because deep in everybody's psyche, deep in everybody's heart, they know that his parents should have been held accountable. They know that his parents should have been responsible for his actions. But due to the law, they couldn't do anything. So it's almost like they are saying now, the next time something like this, a child harms another individual, the parents are going to be held accountable. And what, a month? A month after a verdict is read, we get a shooting where, if I'm correct, the father had just bought the gun. I think it was like a week before the shooting. There were several warnings by the school saying that this kid is fucked up. I'm just keeping it 100. This kid somehow gets access to the father's gun he takes the gun to school and just kills classmates. If I'm correct, I don't even think he was supposed to be in the school. I, I'm not sure if he, was, if he was suspended or not. But either way, there were signs and the parents 
did nothing. And you go out and you buy a gun and you leave the gun in the open for your fucked up kid to gain access to it. And he goes out and shoot his classmates. And then when they tell you that you are now accountable, your punk asses, you go on the run. And see, I had said even when they went on the run, they should arrest everybody. Anybody that is in the bloodline of this kid, his uncles, his cousins, his grandparents, you should find all of them motherfuckers and arrest all of them. All of them. Because it's no doubt in my mind, in some form or fashion, they know about this kid, they know about his issues, and nobody did jack shit. Now you got four, I think four or five, five children dead. Now, at the time of this recording, they found a mother and father hiding of all places in Detroit. You know, that's interesting. White folks running to Detroit. That's some desperate shit right there. But if a lawyer could have proven that the parents did not have any connection to the child, it's going to be more difficult now since they ran. And of course, all three of them, including the kid that shot his classmates, they all have pled not guilty. Ain't that a bitch? Well, that's enough venting for today. I'm going to stop there. But yeah, I believe that um, Rittenauer case, that's going to set a precedent with school shooting. I still believe that certain things got to go even further. You know, just to say that you going to hold a parent accountable. Something's got to be more drastic. We got a situation in Atlanta where a child was abducted. They found a vehicle in this raggedy ass condominium complex. I mean, that, that shit, I don't even understand how people even live in that place. But either way, they find the vehicle. One of the cousins of the child and their crew go knocking on the doors of individuals in that complex to see if they could. They still trying to find the child. This was before the child was actually found. Knocking, knocking, knocking. People answering the door, probably irritated because they probably knocking and they they armed. Well, one particular person, he answers his door and he mouths off again. People with guns. Desperate, anxious, uptight, and you're talking shit to them. And the result is the person at the homeowner, he's dead because the cousin, they shot him. And of course, you know, they are now saying that, you know, it was self-defense. I mean, you know, that's that's all you got right now. But either way, I'm you know, I'm gonna see how this play out, how this pan out. But either way, please 
I would love to hear your responses, your comments, questions. Also, follow me on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram. Pretty much a lot of the things that I talk about. I post comments, um, ideals on my um, social media pages. Love to hear your comments. Love to hear your corrections. I love the corrections. I love the corrections. But either way, um, needless to say, stay safe. Get vaccinated. Wear that mask. Until next time, God bless. Take care. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to There's a System to This Madness podcast. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe. To continue the discussion that we had today, make sure to check out our Facebook page. See y'all next week.